Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hey guys, it's Dr. Monica Tarantino. Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. So today is our second in a three-part series of episodes covering stem cell therapy. And I have the lovely Dr. Julie Reck back again, and I'm so excited. So if you guys missed our last episode going over mobility and stem cell therapy, you're going to want to check that one out first before you listen to this one, because that really lays down the basics on mobility and all the things you need to know basically before you get to this episode. So go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it yet. In this episode, Dr. Reck and I are going to cover the basics of stem cell therapy. So we're going to talk about regenerative medicine, what a stem cell even is, how we actually do stem cell therapy in dogs at our clinic. And then in the next episode, episode three of three of our stem cell therapy series, we'll cover some examples of some patients of ours that have undergone stem cell therapy and how they're actually doing. So we're really excited for you guys to listen to it. And remember, part of the reason why we're actually even covering this is because a lot of you guys have express the sentiment that you have exacerbated kind of all options as far as helping your dog's mobility. And this was just a modality that Dr. Reck brought back to our clinic in Fort Mill, South Carolina, after going to a conference last year that she really got excited about. So we've been giving it a year just to kind of see how our patients would do on it. And we've had some really great results. We just wanted to talk about it here with you guys. It's something that we have found that we've really loved to be able to offer to our patients at our hospital. And we just wanted to share that information with you. So I hope you guys love this episode and the whole stem cell series episodes. I also wanted to let you guys know that I do have a free webinar coming out in February The tentative date for it right now is February 18th, 2021, and it's going to cover five steps that you can take as a pet parent to enhance the comfort of your senior dog. So a lot of pet parents, when I talk to them, they're always wondering, you know, how do I know if my senior dog is comfortable? How do I know if they're pain-free? And it can be very hard to know. And to be honest, a lot of people miss signs of pain in their dogs. And so Dr. Lisa Lippman and I, and Dr. Lisa Lippman is someone that hopefully you guys are aware of. I've talked about her before. She's a, another lovely vet. The two of us have actually come up with a free webinar series to offer to you guys, and we're super excited about it. So we'll be announcing more about that in the future. So check in on the website, www.seniordogrevolution.com. Sorry, I'm throwing in extra W's and, and check there for some updates and on the free webinar that we'll be offering. And that's it. Let's launch into our stem cell episode of the day. Thanks so much. Okay, guys. So I wanted to just start with welcoming Dr. Julie Reck back to the podcast. Thanks for being here again. I'm excited to be here again. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects in veterinary medicine. <laughs> I know. And I, she actually has made me a huge fan of it. I actually didn't know very much about stem cell therapy at all. Um, until Julie came back from one of our national veterinary conferences and was just so excited about it. She went to a conference that really focused in on mobility issues in our older pets. And they were talking about this really cool new modality of treatment for our older pets, which is stem cell therapy. Yeah. Stem cell therapy and kind of the overarching concept of this is 
regenerative medicine, which is a big fancy word. But when we break it down, we want to regenerate health. We want to regenerate function. So when we put that in combination with mobility and joint health, it's really exciting to think about when we already have signs and symptoms and the disease process of arthritis in place that we can actually reverse the state, the current state of, of that joint. This was the first time that I was really exposed to this concept of not just managing symptoms, you know, administering pain and anti-inflammatory medications to, you know, manage symptoms, but that we were actually going to take action to restore health and function, which was why I came back so excited. (laughs) Let's take it back just one step. And can you just talk to us about what, what is a stem cell? I love that question. So a stem cell is a very primordial uh, cell. It is a cell that is capable of genetically turning into different types of cells in our body. So I mentioned earlier that big word, the chondrocyte, that is the cell that makes up cartilage. So if we can build more chondrocytes, we're going to actually build healthier cartilage. We also have a cell that's called an enterocyte. That is the cell that makes up our intestines or our GI tract. So there's even experiments with using stem cells to help rebuild the health of, in, of the intestines. There are uh, different cells for muscles and ligaments. So the stem cell is really this, this origin cell. And when we administer it in places in the body that are experiencing inflammation, disease, there are chemical signals that that our body is constantly secreting in that area um, that are foundations for actually how we heal. Um, That's how your body knows to send, you know, repair enzymes and um, blood cells to an area for healing. So when we inject the stem cells there, they're able to recognize that chemical signal and get to work doing what they need to do. There are other components, you know, of regenerative medicine that are not necessarily using stem cells, but using the other components of inflammation reduction and healing that the body has. And one really popular one is called platelet-rich plasma, also termed PRP. And this stem cells and PRP, you're you're probably hearing about even more in the human field. Uh, it's been used for probably about 25 years in elite athletes. Mm-hmm. So your NFL players, if they, you know, tear their Achilles, they're, they're getting these treatments. Um, but now it's, it's becoming more popular even for, uh, us common folks yeah. <laughs> as we get our, you know, little, uh, aches and pains to kind of deal with. So, um, I, I actually hear it on our radio, uh, commercials in our local Charlotte area, but, you know, we're now able to offer this for our canine patients. And it's been really exciting. Now, I mentioned that PRP or that platelet-rich plasma, that's actually from the blood itself. So it can, this can be something as simple as we draw a blood sample. We go through the scientific process of drawing out the actual um, plasma or component of the blood that has a lot of platelets. And then we can inject that into an area that needs healing. That can be a joint, that can be a tendon, that can be, um, you know, any other component of the body. So um, 
with that, we aren't injecting cells that are going to then go and create more versions of those cells, but we are injecting that body fluid that has all of these healing components, these healing enzymes, these um, anti-inflammatory factors in it that can speed up the healing process a lot. So that was a really great explanation of um, platelet-rich plasma and how that can be used to help heal different areas in our pets' bodies. Um, I wanted to ask you, so there is a little bit of stigma sometimes when we think about stem cells um, kind of out in the media for a while. And I wanted to ask you, so where exactly do we get these stem cells for that we use to help um, do injections and to help heal our pets? That's a great question. So we harvest the stem cells from the pet's own body. And believe it or not, it's actually fat. Useless old fat that we can have, get millions and millions and millions of stem cells. So the area of the body that tends to have the most rich source of stem cells is a little fatty ligament that is just uh, on the inside surface of the abdomen. It's called a falciform ligament. And we can access that by a quick, tiny little abdominal incision that's about two inches long. Just it's sitting right there. We can retrieve that and then have an, a pretty much an endless supply of stem cells for that pet. So it's it's kind of cool. It comes from that pet's own body. Um, the FDA requires that stem cell treatment in pets be kind of contained. So I can only use that pet's stem cells in that pet. Um, it is, you know, in this country, not legal to do it in another method, um, just because it's still a new technology right. and we want to make sure that we understand those components. But um, it, it's kind of exciting how every pet, we can access that. Yeah, pet. that's really exciting. So, so every pet has their own stem cells. And when you're going to do stem cell therapy on a pet, you will take the stem cells from that pet and use it on them. And, um, and is this, when do you usually get these stem cells when they're young, when they're old? Is there an, an age or a time when you want to get them from them? Great question. The most ideal situation to harvest stem cells is actually at the time of the spay or neuter, especially in breeds that we already know are going to pre be predisposed to joint right. disease. These are your large breeds, um, even some of our smaller breeds that you know have legs that go in all different directions. This yeah. is a great time to do this. And we know that 80% of dogs experience joint pain. So it, you know, I think it's safe to say we'd rather have this and not need it than right. later on need to do a separate procedure. And albeit it's not a hugely, it's not a huge procedure, but still, if we can spare the pet an additional anesthesia, um, an additional abdominal incision, why not? But if we do it at the time of the spay or neuter, we can collect that fat, have it banked at the stem cell processing laboratory, and it can be stored for years until we actually need it. And if at any point something happens, um, ideally we would identify that pretty early in the degeneration process. We can call the lab, have the stems, the fat process into stem cells and get them right into the joint. Right. Yeah. And so that's really interesting because this summer, if you recall, we had a case where we actually harvested stem cells for a dog that was already undergoing a procedure in her abdomen. And we had this really fun, bouncy Bernese mountain dog. <laughs> and I won't, we'll call her um, 
Elliot and Elliot came in for eating her mom's sports bra. And so we had to do a surgery on her this summer. And because Bernice Mountain Dogs are one of those breeds that are just very much prone to mobility issues when they age, we offered to her parents the idea of just when we're in the abdomen, look, we'll just take a little bit of fat if you want and save it for her. Cause as she gets older, she may, we may come to the point where we want to do some stem cell therapy on, on her. Um, but if you recall too, when you were doing the diagnostics to find out why she wasn't feeling well, she had abdominal x-rays. Mm-hmm. And at that point we primarily cared about the GI tract, but when we looked at the x-rays as well as the radiologist, there That's was right. evidence. She's yeah. only three. There was evidence that she already had some changes to her hip joints. That's right. And, you know, soon as we communicated that to Elliot's owner, um, she was interested in, in what options would be available. So we talked about, uh, and it's really, I mean, it wouldn't be wrong to actually inject. We ended up injecting the stem cells a few months later and we have a supply for many, many years to come now on her as well. But even if we ended up not injecting them, Right now, being able to bank them for years is super valuable. The other thing I think that is uh, of interest is that Elliot's owner had pet insurance on her. Yes. And not only did the pet insurance end up covering a substantial portion of the diagnostics and the surgery to deal with the sports bra (laughs) injection, it also ended up covering the stem cell harvest, which was really, really exciting for Elliot's mom. So yeah. She was super excited to have oh, that. Yeah. yeah. We were really excited, especially because we know, as we talked about before, this is a super new therapy. And so both Dr. Reck and I didn't really know what the pet insurance company would say, but we're really glad that they were supporting it for us. It's very exciting. And most of the companies that I have come across are supporting and covering regenerative medicine, but it's a, if you're shopping for a policy, that's a great question to ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one other point I want to make to you guys, just in case you're thinking this typically with an emergency procedure, but essentially it was when she ate the sports rod because it was stuck in her intestines. You don't always have the opportunity to harvest fat. We were able to do it with Elliot because she was pretty stable and it was a procedure that we feel comfortable with here. But if you have a dog that's going to an ER and they ate something they weren't supposed to, and they're going to do surgery on the dog, it is very likely they will not be able to focus on harvesting fat at that time. Okay. So I want to make sure it's just not an expectation that if we're going into an abdomen every time we can just harvest fat, because a lot of it depends on the stability and our priority, Dr. Reck and my priority during that surgery was removing the sports bra. We both knew we could do it the other part quickly for her because we had a lot of experience with it too. Absolutely. And because we offer stem cell therapy here, I had the proper collection materials right. for that fat. It it would be an unfair expectation. I don't even think that the ER here. hospitals would even have the equipment to, to – and you don't need anything technical, but you need the right tubes and storage to in order to send that off to the laboratory. Right. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about how we actually harvest stem cells. When we do it, we talked about, we will often try to harvest it the time that we spay or neuter a dog. Sometimes if it's opportune and we're going into the abdomen anyways, we might grab some. Um, Other times we actually schedule an entirely separate procedure just to get them on a dog for stem cell therapy. Um, But now let's talk about the next step. Once we've harvested those stem cells, what we do with them. That's a great 
point. And once I have collected the fat, they go into these specific containers. Um, and then I have a shipping kit and I ship those off to the lab that I partner with in California. I, they get overnighted there and if we are going to just have them stored, they go into liquid nitrogen and are stored indefinitely until we need them. If we want to utilize them immediately in the pet, then they will go ahead and process those stem cells and then the next day ship them back to me overnight. So something that will our typical schedule is, you know, on Wednesday I'll do the harvest procedure, which is about a 10 to 15 minute quick abdominal incision to get the fat. We do that under full anesthesia, but it's again, very quick and brief and the incision is small. And then they wake up Wednesday afternoon. They rest Wednesday night, all day Thursday. And then Friday they come back and usually about 10 or 11 in the morning, their stem cells have arrived from the overnight courier and are available for me to go ahead and inject into the joint. And I do that under light sedation. So it's an eventful two days for that pet. Um, then usually they're recovering over the weekend um, and, you know, feeling feeling like themselves by Monday. Yeah. Yeah. They, they seem to do really well here. So when you send them out, you have the option of having them come back to you pretty soon to be used in a pet. Or if you're, if you're not quite ready, so if it was like a young dog that we talked about that we harvested some fat during their spay, they can go over, you ship it out. And then that company just holds onto those stem cells for that pet to be used at some point in the future when we decide that we want to actually use it on the pet. Correct. Which is fantastic. I mean, if we, we might not use it for six, seven, eight, nine years and it's not going to be a problem because it'll all be perfectly stored and we won't have to now put our senior pet through right. an anesthetic episode, right. which is always really, really exciting. One of the questions that I commonly get about this is how long will it last? Mm-hmm. How long will this continue to benefit my pet? And sometimes even how quickly will I see an improvement. So when we're talking about stem cells, the ultimate goal is that we inject those stem cells. Those stem cells are recognizing the chemical stressor signals that are going on in that joint and then go to those places, become that version of cell that needs to heal. Most cases in a joint, it's a chondrocyte and over time rebuild that surface. So it's really fascinating because in most of my cases that I've done stem cells, we I'll recheck them in 30 days. And most of my clients report that within a few days of it, that they, they felt that the pet was better. Honestly, by the time that senior pet is over the the sedation episode of, and, and the eventful week to, to get it all done, they're like, I already think he's moving better. And it's, it's impossible that the stem cell, stem cell just has not had enough time to become a cartilage building cell and, and, and heal that cartilage. But what has likely happened is that the stem cells are not only capable of becoming a new cell line, they're also capable of significant inflammation reduction. They're going to say, guys, calm down. I'm here. (laughs) I'm going to save everything. We, you know, literally the, the fire hose on the fire situation. And I think that's a big aspect of what those pets are experiencing in the early improvement. Then when we start to uh, do a 90 day and then a six month recheck, that's really when enough time has set in where we can expect that 
those stem cells have gone to work and have started creating those cell lines that, that can actually reverse the disease process. A lot of those pets, we're seeing increased range of motion. Mm-hmm. We're seeing improved strength. So when you look at, you know, an old pet and they're standing there and they're kind of shaking in the hind end, or they're not confident placing those feet, they come in, they're, they're more strutting their stuff. They're getting on the scale, they're getting off the scale and it's like, no big deal. <laughs> um, and I, I love, I love hearing our staff's reaction. Right. That's a lot of times, uh, I almost use it as, as a, as an indicator of how that pet is doing, uh, because our, our support staff will be like, Oh my gosh, look at this pet go. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's <laughs> right. Wasn't looking like that six months no. ago. Um, and, and a lot of these staff members didn't, didn't, didn't see it, um, the pet as frequently as, as I or the owner did. Uh, so I love that feedback. Um, but it, I usually give the expectation that we, if we wanted to repeat stem cells, we may end up doing that on an, on an 18 month to two year timeline. And the reason for that is not that there's a lifespan on the stem cell, but it's that we have to remember the origin of the disease process of that joint, which was that that pet has a unideal conformation to that joint that causes abnormal forces that causes increased wear and tear. So the stem cells don't fix that right. origin of things. So it, that's where we're going to say, okay, in about two years, we're going to have the increased forces and the wear and tear on that cartilage that those stem cells rebuilt. So we'll want to go ahead and, and do another round of injections, which the great news is we don't have to do the abdominal procedure again to get the fat. We can call our lab up or um, get access to our stem cells and then just do a lightly sedated joint injection and get those, um, get another round in. And each pet is different. You know, uh, if we're feeling like that, that needs to happen more quickly, likely the confirmation of that pet is just more severe than a pet who maybe we're only doing it every three years, four years, something along those lines. That's super valuable information, Dr. Rick. Thank you. I hope that you guys found today's episode helpful and informative regarding stem cell therapy. Next week is going to be one of my favorite episodes in the series because we're going to actually talk about some of the results that we've had with some of our patients here. We've had some really great results, so we can't wait to share that with you. Thank you guys so much for being here and we will see you next week. Thanks a lot. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.